My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, poly pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. My name is Jason. I'm here with my co-host Bobby, and we're here for season two, episode ocho, episode number eight. Bobby, how you doing, brother? Good, brother. How you doing, man? Good, man. Good, man. We had a couple weeks off, and we're going to explain why. Uh, someone had a vacation of a lifetime. What do you want to get into? Yeah, it was hard for me to come back home, brother. <laughs> I bet. I, I really didn't want to. Well, tell everybody where you went, man. Well, uh, as we, we've talked about before, um, for a number of years now, um, one of the things my family has done, one of the places we've congregated at, uh, is we'd all, the meeting point that we decided a long time ago is we would always meet in Hawaii. So that's kind of become a second home to me. And besides the state that I work and live in, that's probably the most state that I've spent the most time in, you know, for a number of years. Um, so this time it was, uh, um, this time it was, a uh, it was a little bit different because it wasn't only, it, it was, it was, we were mainly going there to spread my aunt's ashes or part of her ashes because, you know, she loved Hawaii so much. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I mean, I'm not, not the first to admit, I'll be one of, you know, many people in my family to admit that it wasn't the same without her. Even though you knew she was looking down on us from the barefoot bar in the sky with a Mai Tai in her hand or a Pinot Grigio in the other, you know, you know, toasting with us and, you know, wanting us to have a good time. You, know, you could, you could just sense her presence was with us the whole time. But um, she passed away. Uh, right around, um, you know, kind of in the height of COVID, not not from COVID, but from other, you know, causes. And um, part of her ashes were spread in Destin, Florida, which is where she's from. And the other the other half were spread in uh, um, in Hawaii, off the island of Oahu, and um, which is another place that she loved. And um, it only seemed right. So. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm sorry to hear that, but I mean, it's cool to have no. you pay respect to her and everything. Did she go on oh, previous ones with you guys, like previous uh, meetup, family meetups? I've I've never been to Hawaii without her. Oh, so this was like the very first one. Oh yeah, it oh, was. Wow. That's that's what that's what kind of made it the most bizarre, difficult, and at the same time beautiful because she would want us to continue doing that. That's you cool. know, at yeah. the same time. So you know, it was so it was just a. Uh, but that was this. That was the comforting thing is, is you knew that she would want us to continue that, and she'd be, you know, she'd bust our asses if we didn't. So, you know, that's what. Uh, but it was kind of it was kind of uh, you know hard at first because she was the life of the party. You know, she was the uh, she was the loud, boisterous, you know, you know, positive energy person that was always you never saw her really any other way. So that's cool, yeah. man. I mean, not, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a cool, I like that you guys started that as a family. I think that's a really 
like really cool idea. And, uh, you know, it's not obviously not a totally unique idea, but the idea of meeting in Hawaii, I think is pretty unique. A lot of people don't get to do that. And it's to share that with your loved ones and your family and friends or whatever, you know, and then have that become a tradition, I think is pretty cool. Right. And that's, uh, you know, kind of like I've explained before, that's, and I'm not going to get into the political bullshit about, you know, surrounding the whole vaccine or anything like that right now. But I will say that that is one of the reasons why, you know, I had to make a choice, not only because of my job, but also, you know, because she passed away, you know, it really kind of rained home that, hey, there really is no tomorrow. So you don't really know when the last time all of us are going to get together as a whole like that. So you got to, especially as, 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 as time goes by and we're getting older, especially our parents. And um, so that really kind of put things into perspective for me. So I had to make a choice, like I said before, that uh, the reason why I got the vaccine was not because I wanted to, it was because I did it because I was not going to miss out on that you know, whether it's spreading her ashes or maybe the last time all of us meet as a whole, because you never know, you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, so I made that decision for myself that, um, you know, because at, at that, when we were making plans for this particular trip, I mean, Hawaii was still kind of very tight about what they would accept and what they would not accept as far as the whole COVID situation. So there was, at the time we planned a trip, I was not going to be able to, get in at the time if I didn't have proof of vaccination. And of course, when it came time to go, you didn't have to have that. And um, so, but I made my choice, you know, I stand by it. So that was, that was the best thing I, I could do at the time. And I'm not going to look back and regret it. Yeah. Well, but, that's uh, one of the things we, we kind of talked about that. I don't remember if we did it on a podcast or not, but back in the day when the whole stuff started about the vaccine stuff is the, the government can't mandate it, you know, like, like legally, but they can right. force your hand in other ways and that's how they get it. You know, like you want to travel, right. you want, that's how they can get it. You know, that that's how they do it. So they're not forcing you. They're just like, Oh, but if you want to do this, you have to. Now the question I had too was, did you guys, um, cause Hawaii was one of the, um, like hardest restrictions as far as the United States for sure. Um, yeah. did you miss a couple years because of COVID? Like, yeah, well we would have, uh, yeah, COVID, uh, like the last time, well, the thing that was kind of also wild about this trip was I got married there exactly four years ago. And then my anniversary actually fell on Easter Sunday, the first weekend we were there. So we were actually oh, there for awesome. a four-year anniversary. So it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a bunch of things kind of balled up into one. Um, so uh, that was kind of cool because the last time my wife and I had been there was when we got married, which was 2018. Okay. And, um, um, so that was, but then because of COVID, I mean, and because of the restrictions, yeah, I mean, that put a wrench in, uh, any type of travel, especially to Hawaii, um, because of certain lockdowns and restrictions and, uh, yeah. So would we have been there probably prior to that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you would. But, if it uh, wasn't for the COVID stuff, I'm sure. Right, but I mean, of course, you know, once we got there, it seemed like we were just there, which was a beautiful thing too. So, well, I mean, good on. I mean, depending how you, your opinions on it, but good on Hawaii for, you know, they kind of stood their ground and were like, "Hey, no, you know, we're obviously they're an isolated island. That's like common sense for everybody, but 
But they were like, uh, we're not letting anybody in for a long time. They were on lockdown for a long time because they're like, we don't have any of this stuff over here. Keep your your nasty asses over there. Well, <laughs> one thing, I, yeah, one thing I will say is, uh, I mean, there was, and, and this is something I think needs to be addressed too. Is, I mean, the state, that state, suffered for a certain amount of time because I mean, people don't realize how much they depend on the tourist revenue, you know, in that state. I mean, because it's so, you know, you're smack dab in the middle of the Pacific, you know, so it's, uh, you know, so it, it hurt them quite a bit when there were those lockdowns, especially in the height of COVID and that revenue wasn't coming in because no one could come in really. Right. And, you know, except for specific reasons or whatnot, or, or, or if you were going to tour, be a tourist there you had to quarantine for a certain amount before you could actually do anything so that kind of detoured people from even wanting to go yeah i think it was uh, at, at the beginning i believe it was like 14 days or 13 days it was something ridiculous where yeah. you're trying to take a two-week vacation let's say to hawaii because most people are if you're going to go that far are going to make it a decent long vacation it's not gonna be seven days or something and now you have to make right. it a month-long vacation because you have to quarantine we'll get there then quarantine and then enjoy it and then go home and then you know yeah. Well, yeah. And I was talking to, we were talking to a lot of, a lot of locals and getting the real deals. Like, look, how, how was it during those times? You know, how, and you know, you got different responses from everybody and you got, you know, some say, well, it, it wasn't as bad as people would let to believe. And then you heard some like, I don't know how some of my family members survived, but we did. And because it was, uh, there was a lot of unemployment. And, um, and then just to survive and, you know, unemployment, is not a lot, <laughs> and, you know, especially when you live in an expensive ass area, like, right. you know, the Island of Oahu or any of the other islands, especially Oahu, since that's probably one of the biggest tourists, the islands, you know, in the chain and, you know, anything like from the past that you think of as fucking is, as Hawaii, like, you know, the, or the, you know, one of the most famous stretch of beaches in the world, Waikiki, you know, or it's right off a, of, you know, diamond head crater. I mean, you've got some of the most expensive real estate in the world and you've got some of the most, you got tourists coming from all over the world and that amount of revenue stream to just halt for the time it did. I mean, oh, I can't yeah. even imagine. And that, that, it was it was interesting to hear the different perspectives from a lot of the locals, and um, like I said, you got different responses, and it also depended on uh, you know some people were I don't want to say prepared because no one's really prepared for that, but um, some people were more you know had more savings set aside to where they were able to ride a storm. Some people you know living paycheck to paycheck, so they were really affected you know and, and yeah but even if you, you saved do? like not many people save two uh, expecting right. two years of no tourist dollars coming in if you're in that kind of a business you know right it's not like you can just you know oh, i'm just going to go over to the next state no you're you're a, a you're a chain of islands literally in the middle of the pacific ocean yeah you know where you've got you're three thousand miles away from the mainland of south america and you're you know, 3,500 miles away from the coast of Japan. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're isolated smack dab in the middle of the Pacific. So, I mean, it's not like you can just, uh, you know, hop the bus or the plane or drive to the next state. You know, you're, you're just, you're confined there to, you know, the islands. Well, I know, I know and, as like a travel agent, I know that like cruise ships, when they dock it, not, I'm not talking about Hawaii, but in like 
the Caribbean or something like that. When they dock at those ports there, and those are obviously not as wealth wealthy state or areas as like Hawaii would be, but when they dock there, those cruise ships are bringing in anywhere from half a million to seventy five or uh, seven hundred fifty thousand a day in revenue yeah. to the to the area. I'm not saying not saying the port fees and stuff like that. All some of that's included in there too, but just the shopping, you know, right. with all the stuff. That, I mean, and that's just a, that's a cruise ship. So imagine like like you said, like a country that not only has cruise ships, you know, now like Norwegian, I think is <clears throat> back there and stuff like that. But then you have a lot of people. Oh yeah. We saw, we, we saw no, yeah, that was a, like, uh, at the port. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. the cruise. That's the cruise ship. We saw the most with Norwegian. Cruise well, they're the only ones that are allowed to, they're the only ones allowed by Hawaii to, uh, do a, do a, a, a round trip Hawaii, like from Hawaii back to Hawaii. They're the only ones allowed right. to do that. The other, there's other ones I believe that can, like if they're doing like a, a world cruise or whatever can like stop in and stuff like that, but they can't, they can't do it. That's the only one they're allowed to do. So it's always going to be Norwegian down there, which is interesting. Well, the unique, sorry, go ahead. The, the unique, no, the unique thing was, is we were in that unique period where when we flew to Oahu, um, you know, the mask mandates were still in, in full force. And then, uh, while we were there, things had changed. And when my, when my wife and I, we, we flew over the island of Maui for a couple of days. Um, you know, you, you fly to like, you know, to, to Maui, it was like, say for instance, it's, it's a 30 minute flight. You, know, you pick a flight with Hawaiian airlines or you can take like a puddle jumper. Um, and with, with, the, with the Hawaiian airlines, it's basically just a 30 minute flight. I mean, you're basically going up to cruising altitude and you're coming back down. And, um, um, when we got to the airport, the first thing I noticed was I'm like, Whoa, half the people are wearing masks and half the people are. I'm like, cause we, I was under the assumption that the, the lift was pushed back where it, it was, it was delayed, but it, it wasn't. Right. It was, a lot it, of people were it thinking it was, was going to happen. Right. So when we got in there, I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. It's like, I'm not wearing this shit, you know? So, and then we got in and, and like, it was amazing how a majority of people in the airport had the same fucking attitude. Like I'm not wearing this shit. And the thing was when we were waiting in line to check in, you know, to, to, uh, to get our boarding passes, to, you know, to make, make sure our flight was still on schedule and whatnot, and just to make sure our boarding passes were a go. The news was in there and they were, and this was like, you know, six o'clock in the morning. Um, the news was in there ready to go. And, and they said, Hey, can we interview you guys since it's the first day of this lift? You know? And, and I'm like, we're like, yeah. And, um, so we spoke, we were interviewed by the local news awesome. uh, that day. And, um, you know, they were asked us, what do you think about this? You know, what's your opinion and all that? Of course, you know, it's like, you know, my wife and I's opinion were both like, look, everybody has their own opinion and we respect whatever they want. Everybody has their own personal opinion of what they're going to do, what they're not going to do. But this needed to live sometime. This can't go on forever. And, uh, and I basically just said that this is a, you know, it's a relief. And my wife basically said the same thing. And um, now the question, real quick, everybody wants to know though: while you were being interviewed on, I'm assuming like a local news station, there, did you give a shout out to Paramax Unscripted? I did not. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, that would have been a perfect opportunity. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. But it was, uh, it was, it was amazing to kind of, and then following through into the airport, especially into the section of the airport of Honolulu International where it was Hawaiian Airlines. 
to where a majority of the people that they were, you know, flying to another island to, you know, go to see their family who lives on another island or whatnot. And probably three quarters of the people weren't wearing shit, which shows me that people were ready for this. Now, is that, and, is, it, let me ask you this, because I've never been to Hawaii. In, in Hawaii, when they go to the different islands, like I'm talking about the locals, not, not the tourist people. The locals, do they normally take the puddle jumpers or do they normally take like a boat or a ferry? I, I don't know how far these islands are. No, they, well, well, they were going to, there was at one point they were going to, uh, they were supposed to start this, uh, um, this boating system that would go in between islands, you know, to, which one would be cheaper and two it would be, especially for a lot of local Hawaiian people so they can go to like different islands to see different family members instead of taking a plane. They could take uh, like a ferry, these, basically. Uh, these, kinda... Yeah, these boats, and they're supposed, they're supposed to be some, I think, some sort of hydrofoil type ferry. Oh, that's badass. But um, but talking to some of the locals, because I, I remember, and this was when I asked four years ago, I was wondering, I'm like, why wasn't the system put into place? And I remember asking uh, some locals, I'm like, so what happened to this boat system they were supposed to put in place that would you know, go between islands? And um, some of them said that it was shot down. Because and it wasn't from local Hawaiians; it was from some of these transplants from the mainland, who all of a sudden now think that they're local. Um, uh, basically, shotgunning it down because they think it's it would disrupt the uh, you know the the ecosystem of the boats going back and forth in between islands. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like yet yet it's okay to bring these these freaking you know <clears throat> you know. Merchant ships in constantly. I mean, if, if anything's going to do damage, it's yeah. that. And cruise ships. It's like, but but a ferry ferry system going in between islands, especially to benefit the local people. To go I mean, I, I, I understand. I understand that what they're saying, and that like a ferry is going to run. Uh, let's pretend it runs. Uh, I don't know, twice a day between each island, or three times a day. Let's right. say three times a day between each island. So they have it set up with multiple boats doing. So that's going to do more or potentially that could do more damage than a cruise ship coming in once a week or whatever that, that right. could be possible or whatever. I, I get their point of that. But at the same time, like you said, if you're a local and I don't know how much flights cost when you're in Hawaii going from one Island to the other, but that's gotta be a lot, you know, eventually that comes into your factor of like, you know, I'd love to see my family member X, but I can't because it's 200 bucks or you know what I mean? And you have to kind of budget almost to see your family members as opposed to if you had a ferry, that's going to be like Hawaii run by Hawaii itself. You know, it might not be 10, 15 bucks and you can get on the boat and just go to the next stop or whatever, you know? Well, yeah, there's two ways you can do it. Um, you can, uh, you can do like, um, the main airline, like especially to go to Island hop. I mean, as far as a major airline, I would, definitely use Hawaiian airlines more than anything else. But you can also use like a smaller plane, like a smaller prop type plane that holds like, you know, nine to 15 people, you know, that's a weight adjusted that, um, you know, might cost you 40 bucks. Um, but like, for instance, Hawaii, it also depends on if you're going to take a major airline, like Hawaiian airlines. It also depends on the fact that it comes into place. What time of day are you going to go? That's, that's going to also depend on the price. Cause like, for instance, Round trip, like from Maui, or to and from Maui, um, I got for eighty nine bucks a piece, which is phenomenal. I and mean, you're gonna leave at six o'clock in the morning, but I don't. I mean, I'm up at 
fucking four anyway. I don't give a shit. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, but you're there. You want to spend time on, you know what I mean? You don't want to yeah. like, wake up at 10 and then go over there, be over there by noon. And then you only have a few hours till you have to fly back if your right. hotel's at the other island. Yeah, I get that though. That's cool. And it's a, it's a 30 minute flight, but if you choose to um, fly, say at four o'clock in the afternoon or whatnot, I mean, you, you could pay 120 bucks to $200. It all depends. And, you know, that's why if you're going to go that route, I would definitely look at some like, like Priceline or Expedia or, you know, or one of those sites. Um, But if you don't see what you like on those sites, definitely also there's a benefit of talking directly to the airline too, because they can sometimes work something else better, something out better for you. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, but or, and I found this out, you know, from a chopper pilot I was talking to that one of the things he would use to island hop is he goes, you can check, I can't remember the name of these airlines. I'd like to give them a shout out. But there's also these smaller planes, like I was saying, like some prop planes or like, or, you know, in slang, there's some puddle jumpers that you can pick up and go in between islands that, uh, you know, could cost you 40 to 60 bucks. And, um, you know, which is phenomenal. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just kind of weird how they didn't start that ferry system because of complaints from you know Hawaiian transplants. Right, all the rich people. Yeah, you, know, you know, thinking it was like, well, it's gonna it's gonna do something to the coral, or it's gonna it's gonna you know obstruct you know it's gonna impact the marine life. To a certain, it's like well, you're, you're sitting here saying this, but well, you're you're you you have no problem with the merchant ships coming in constantly. Or, you know, not only merchant ships, but merchant ships, you know, coming tankers bringing in gasoline, you know. Or, right, right, right. You know, or cruise ships constantly coming into the ports. Or freighters you know, and stuff like, like that, because they have to get everything. Everything there has to be boated in or flown in. Yeah. I mean, one of the two. It, I, you, one, that's your only two options. What's the cleaner? It's going to be the, you know, it's going to be the family ferries going in between islands. Yeah. And but apparently it was supposed to be some sort of a I want to say some sort of a hydrofoil boat type system where it was fat. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, that'd uh, be awesome. Yeah. But but um, I'm surprised they don't look at like a train or something. I don't know if you could do that in the ocean though, like over the ocean. But it, it, yeah, it it would be kind of the same concept as like you know ferries going out to different islands like in the Pacific Northwest, like yeah. especially off of Washington State. The same type of system, but different. But it, it's uh, that's that's all I heard is it got shot down for. For those reasons, and it was voted out, which I think is bullshit. Well, that's you know, that's mean, as dumb as the people in Hawaii, They're like the rich people in Hawaii. Same same people, I'm sure. Um, it, are the rich people in Hawaii, and they get those like mansions. You know, you've all seen them on TV, like the the mansions on yeah. the beach, and then they get pissed because right. other people can go on the beach because it's a public beach, and they feel that, and that since they bought it that they own the beach too. And it's like, no, no, the kind of phone is like, no, no, we can't we can't shut down the entire coast because you're rich. We have to allow people to use the beach too. And they're like, oh, and they get mad, and that. That is one of the most beautiful things you said right there. And that, and it doesn't matter how rich you are or what property that you have or what you built your McMansion on. You cannot prevent anybody from using that beach because all beaches in Hawaii, you know, except for some of the, the smaller islands, which are private islands for families that you actually have to be invited to. Um, like, for instance, on Oahu, you... No beach. Every single beach is considered public access. 
which means it doesn't matter if you built a McMansion and you think you have your own private beach. If someone wants to go on there, they're allowed to go on there and you can't do a fucking thing about it. Right. You know, and that is an awesome thing. That's how it should be. Yeah. It should be you're, yeah. like you're paying for your view out of your house, but yeah, like if you wake up and there's a, like, a, I don't know, a family with like their stuff and then their umbrella and all that stuff. I like, I mean, you're, you, it's a beach. What do you expect the people to do there? You know? Right. And it, it's, you know, it's all about, I think in this, I, I have a sensitivity towards the Hawaiian Islands because uh, I, I'm just going to put it out there. We stole. And when I say we stole, we fucking stole those islands from those people, from, from the Hawaiian people. That is a fact. There's no, I don't care how they try to sugarcoat it. You know, you know, when the Hawaiian monarchy was still in place, they were a thriving independent nation. And we overthrew the monarchy and we stole it. We fucking stole those islands. And, and whenever there's, you know, a lot of, you know, local Hawaiians that, that are, that hold a grudge, it's, it's look what we did. You know, I mean, all these Howley people came and they stole the islands from, from, you know, the, the rightful owners. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's, and of course there was a, uh, back when Clinton was in office, there was a Clinton, which I thought this was just a fucking slap in the face. Um, Clinton, uh, publicly wrote an apology letter to the Hawaiian people, but that was it. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of like, like, is it just, yeah. just an apology? It's like you're not even gonna give us our land back. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it, it just, uh, that's PR. and there's that's a lot PR of bullshit. There's, that's all that is. There's a lot of opinions, but it's just, it's just, you know. And I think that that's that needs to be addressed. That needs to be talked about because how we acquired those islands was horrible, and it, I can't stress that enough. I mean, some people would probably disagree, but it, you know, do your history, look at your history, you know, and go through it. I mean, we basically dethroned the queen and basically said, uh, Hey, you know, we lied. We're going to take this from you. And, you know, sorry, we're not sorry. That's basically what happened, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's, you know, sorry, I'll, I'll, I, that's a whole other soapbox that I can get on. In another yeah. Time. We, we can touch <laughs> on another episode or whatever, but that is a good recap of your trip. Um, and it's interesting, like you said, that, uh, you know, how, how the mask thing worked. Cause that's, I mean, you were, you were on both sides of the fence literally during your trip, which is pretty cool. Um, and well, it's funny. It's funny. I'll explain. I don't mean to interrupt no, you. You're it good, was funny you're Go, going to Hawaii since I got, since we got such a good deal and it's such a long flight. So we got such a good deal. We flew first class going there, not coming back, but going there and <laughs> going back. You had to remember uh, where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, it was, it was, a, uh, it, it was, it was, uh, and on that long of a flight, you know, what you want is you want one of the bigger planes, because if you get a good deal and you go in first class, you're going to get one of those cubicles, right? Yeah. And, but about. this, this particular flight, we didn't get a cubicle, you know, so we had a lot more spacious seats, but it was like, uh, it, it wasn't, it was comfortable, but if you're going to, get first class, you know, you, you want to feel that experience, especially if you get a good deal, you want to feel that experience. I mean, was it good? Yeah. But the thing that I thought was funny was, um, when the first flight attendant, there have to be a, an older, 
older woman came up to me and she asked me a question. I think it was like, uh, if I wanted, you know, what I wanted to drink. And I just pulled my mask down for a second. She goes, Oh, Oh, uh, you need to pull that mask up, sir. Please pull that. I'm just like, are you fucking serious right now? You know, it's like, uh, it, but, but if I wanted to take a sip of my drink, I, you wouldn't have a problem with it. But because you're in my face and I'm talking to you and I pull it down just so you can hear me. All of a sudden, you think you're going to get infected with something. It's so fucking asinine. Yeah, like what you just said makes no sense. You're going to allow people to take a fucking... We don't need to go on the mask that long because we've already kind of... Plus, the country seems like we're moving. No. But but yeah, it makes no sense. Like you just said, you're able to pull it down to eat and drink for obvious reasons. And then... But if you pull it down so they can understand you... Because I've had that at stores back... I mean, now where I live in Alabama, like you've kind of given up on masks years ago. But... But, um, but you know, I've been to places I went to like Disney world last year with my family and like, they're talking to you. They, they, we didn't have to wear masks there, but they, the people did, the Disney uh, workers did. And sometimes, you right. know, you go to a restaurant and they're like, you're checking out and they're asking you questions or something. Cause they, they want to tell you something. I'm like, what did you say? I'm like, I, what? I can't understand you. And they could speak English just fine. You know, it wasn't that, that wasn't the issue. And they were kind of like, they kind of had to do like the little sneak thing and do that. I'm like, sorry, I just, I'm not trying to be mean. I just couldn't hear you. I wasn't trying to make fun of your mask or anything. I just can't hear you. You know? Well, and that's, that's the weird thing. It's like after her saying that, I pretty much had my mask off the entire flight because I made sure I was eating and drinking something the whole time. Yeah, I just put a straw and in my mouth not, and let it sit there. And not a <laughs> freaking word was said to me. So, and, and, so but uh, uh, Except for when I just pulled it down so she could understand what I was saying. So it's, You know what the problem is? And, I, and I've heard this on other podcasts and stuff before, but the problem is you gave these the stewardess or flight attendant, whatever they're called now, um, you've given them these people who they always had some sort of a power, but a lot of, some people take power trips a little too far, you know, in my opinion. Right. And, and that's one of those situations where you have someone who's like, I don't know, they kind of almost turn into like a bully a little bit, you know, because like that's asinine. Like you weren't, you weren't doing it to like be rude to her. You were doing it to be like, Oh, Hey, can I get a da da da? Cause you couldn't, you know what I mean? Well, it really shows how would have been hilarious if you took the flight back and she was the same fucking stewardess on your on your flight back. You know what I mean? And they're like, "Hey, bitch! Like, look, I don't have a mask on. Like, nothing changed. It's two weeks later, nothing nothing has actually changed. I mean, other than they lifted a mandate that, that, or you know what I mean." And granted, to be in all fairness, I know that they're just doing what they're told. Right, right, right. But but at the same time, it's like you can really see how conditioned people Uh, really get when. And when it comes down to it, it's like, it's like just stop for a second and listen to, and watch what you're doing because, okay, I'm being told that I have to social – this is going there. I have to social distance and wear my mask while going through TSA just to get packed into a sardine can of an airplane yep. where I'm in – no matter where I turn, I'm in someone's grill yeah. on a big plane like that packed with you know a shitload of people and it's just like think about that for a second it makes about as much sense as when restaurants started opening back up it's like i can have my mask off the whole time i'm talking when i'm talking to the wait staff whatever but if i want to go and go to the restroom i gotta slip that shit back yeah you go to take a shit and yeah you go to take a shit the coronavirus is going to follow you because it knows you're going to take a shit makes absolutely no sense and you're in and and just like an airplane actually airplanes worse because you're in a smaller you know square footage compartment but in a restaurant you're just in a big rectangle box or a square box 
You know, it's and there's not, it's not like each seat, it's not like each table in a restaurant has its own air system. You know, isolated well, air to... system like a hospital would have on their ISO rooms or something. Well, just just for shits and grins, I asked somebody one time. I'm like, just explain the logic to this, about of this to me, because uh, people have gotten so conditioned they just it could kind of hold that whole mindset. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to not be part of the crowd, so I'm just going to follow suit and do it. And, okay, that's your choice. I get. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mess with you for that. But just look at look at what you're doing. It and uh, like for instance, I remember asking someone. I'm like, what What do you think? What is the logic of me? Say I had COVID. I'm spreading. I'm able to spread COVID all around while I'm sitting at my dinner table in a restaurant. But then if I have to go to the bathroom, I have to put the mask on. It's like I'm already spreading it around the restaurant anyway. And it's already getting circulated along with everybody else doing the same thing. Right, right, right. So, and um, the response I remember I got one time was, well, you know, it protects you somewhat. I'm like, well, how, how is it protecting me? I mean, it, it's, already, it's already proven that these surgical masks that most people wear – that. You know, a lot of people wearing these cloth masks and don't do shit. Well, it only and protects I'm, you if you're you, you either wear it all the time. You know, first of all, you have to have a real mask. We've already kind of discussed that in other episodes. Right. But but second of all, you have to either wear it all the time or it's worthless. Because if you're going to well, wear it like eighty yeah. percent of the time during your day, but the twenty percent, I'm talking about time in public. You're going to wear eighty percent of the time or fifty percent of your time in public. You're going to wear it. The other fifty percent, you're not. Then what are you fucking doing? They don't like you. Don't well, go into a hazmat scene with like you know ethyl methyl bad shit or whatever and they don't, those guys don't walk into their Tyvek suits and be like Whew, take off their mask after one be like Whew, it's fucking hot in here Jesus you know what I mean and they go alright let's get back to work and they pull that's not how it fucking works you know <laughs> like they have to wear that shit they have to come then they, then they well first of all they get decon going in then they get do their job whatever they're doing in the hot zone and they come out they have to decon coming out and they have to dispose of the suits or whatever they do you know how they do it and that's, and that's how they work the system they don't, there's no, like, you don't get to, it's just like in a fire. You're, you're a firefighter in a fire and it's, you know, hot as balls in there when there's a fire going, obviously. You can't, like, rip off your mask and be like, oh, it's fucking hot. I just need some air on my face. It's not going to work. You know? Well, this is how, some, this is how somebody explained it to me. Um, and this, this is actually a response I got. Uh, tell me what you think. <laughs> I'm like, so what's, what's, what's the logic of this? Like, especially the whole restaurant thing. And they say, well, it's kind of like this. Imagine you have two people standing in front of you. One has a window screen in front of them, and the other one doesn't. If you throw a bucket of water at each of them, at least the person with the window screen is going to get protected a little bit. I'm like, that's the most fucking ridiculous yeah, thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and that makes no sense because guess what, fucktard? Either way, you as the recipient of the water being thrown in those situations, you're wet either way. You're sick either way. You got the COVID either way. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. great, you block some of it. You still at fifty percent of it in there. You're still going to get infected, you dumbass. But the mind, the mind goes. But at least I'm protecting myself from a little bit of it. And that's that's where the mindset's at. And I, I just I, that 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 type of shit that I can't wrap. My the brain only thing, around. the only thing I respect restaurants for that had to go through that, and I and I. Feel they bad did for, what they had to do. Yeah, you got so you got to do what you got to do to stay open to make money because right. that's your business. And I'm not I don't care about like the Applebee's and the Olive Gardens and whatever else is in every city. You know, I'm talking about like the, especially these mom and pop ones that they, that's their that's it. Like they don't bring right. in money from that, they're done. Like so, I get it. You got to play ball a little bit with that, and the rules are. But to sit there and tell me the 
I understand if I if I was a restaurant owner and I inf- had rules that like that, like we were just talking about, and I enforced them, you know, I mean, I I would definitely enforce them because I want to stay open and stuff like that. If 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 your city had you do that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, you know, trying to justify it, you know, with people. Well, I, I would argue. Awesome. Said, Look, I gotta do stay open. Well, do you believe any of this stuff? Look, I gotta do this to stay open. <laughs> yeah, that well, that would be my answer every time. You want to know something? You don't want to know. This is the one thing that I've noticed on this trip, especially going there. That um, that really shows me how there's so much bullshit out there. Is that when it comes like we'll use? I'm going to talk about N95 for a second. Like for instance, you and I know N95. When when you're fitted for an N95, it's got to fit snug on your face. And all these people that I'm seeing wearing N95, they've come out with N95s that have the you can put on just connecting around your ears like a surgical mask. It's like that's not sealing shit. Right. That's not strong enough. You have to have it wrapped around your head with two straps, one going over the top and one going over the back, situated how you want to where it's fixed to your face, tight. You know, there's yeah, no way in N95. Yeah, there's no way in there's no way in N95 is going to seal to your face with the surgical, you know, connection, just a little straps going around your ears. So I'm like, that's the bullshit that is going is circulating now because it's like that's not even that, that's not doing anything well, as far as what an N95 is supposed well, it's to just do. Like, You're not it's, even getting a proper seal. It's just like getting Plus, fire, people are getting fitted for these masks. Well, it's just like getting fitted for like a fire department mask where as a firefighter, you put on the mask. It has a huge you know thing in the back that like you know like you said kind of pulls it towards your face, and it has to be tight. There is no like, well, it's got a little leak over here. That's okay. It's like no, because then you're going to breathe in all the, the noxious fumes in the, in the fire, you know, and, and you're going to become a, a casualty or a problem for the fire department instead of being what you're there to do. You know, it's the same thing. It has right. to be a seal. If it's not a seal, it's, it's a failure. There's, it's a pass fail. It's not a like pretty close. You know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. That, I don't want to get on that topic too much longer because we no. talked about it, but, but um, all right. Well, getting back to what we were talking about, the, uh, the, the, I'll just say this one last thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Being being in uh, being in in Hawaii and then also hopping islands, I the only time I wore a mask was going there. That was it. I didn't wear. I I never pulled a mask out of my pocket any other time. Not to go in any restaurants. Not to go in any bars. Nowhere. Like living you know, in not to get not, not to get in for a chopper ride. Nothing. You yeah, know, I, I think everybody. It, it, I think it's proven that everybody's kind of what. What do you believe in again? Is your business, but I think it's proven now that you know all the people that were being made fun of for their like you know like I have opinions that people make fun of about this whole thing, of course. But now it's everybody's coming around to it, being like, yeah, this was really stupid, you know. And it, I think well, people and, are seeing and, that, like it, like it hasn't done anything. It hasn't improved, you know, our lives. It actually has made things worse, and lots of businesses have failed because of it, and won't ever come back. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with it, and you know. Yeah, but there's people are going to believe what they're going to believe, and there's sure. there's I'm That's truly fine. convinced that that you, you you can't talk to some some people, and I'm not going to waste my time even trying because it's not my job to change someone's opinion or their politics. It's not yeah. Like, not my job. yeah, I don't. I mean that. This, I mean we said at the beginning on the show, like we're we're not a um, you know we're not putting our fist down, being like you have to believe what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. This is our opinions on this stuff. And we open, we want open dialogue. I think the open dialogue helps everybody in the world. I mean, for lots of things, just not paramedics unscripted podcast, but like, yeah, like we, if you have a different opinion, that's cool, man. Tell us about it. Or, or, you know, if you want to talk about it on the show and, and be like the, the, the opposite of our opinions, that's cool too. You know? Cause I do think there's like, 
definitely sometimes, you know, there's in situations, the other side has some valid points too, you know? So, right. Yeah. That's all we're trying to say. But, uh, before we get into the EMS thing here this week, um, I did want to give a quick, uh, RIP out to Gary Reed, um, moment of silence for him. He was a boss, really good boss at uh professional ambulance where I worked when I started in EMS as a private ambulance person. And, uh, he passed away recently and he affected a lot of people. I know a lot of people in my community because I know a lot of people that obviously in the EMS community, a lot of people know who he was. Um, great guy. And I uh, just want to give him a quick uh, moment of silence real quick. All right. RIP Gary Reed. All right. So for this, God bless. yeah, God bless. So for this uh, thing, one of the things I want to talk about, and we kind of discussed this a little bit, very basically because you were on a trip and I didn't want to bother you in Hawaii. But um, one of the articles I came across um, since our last podcast was an article in Gems Magazine. Everybody knows what Gems Magazine is, the Journal of EMS. Um, and uh, they had an article published about, and, I, and I, I don't have it in front of me right now, so I don't want to quote it, but I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, it was someone uh, who was had to be transported, I believe, from a VA hospital um, but it doesn't matter what the hospital is. They had to be transported and they got a massive bill from the transport company. Um, and that was the gist of discussing that whole thing. Um, so I thought that was an inter- interesting topic because I started my career and uh, I know Bobby, you did stuff too, where it was, um, it did the private ambulance. And for people that don't understand, there's 911 emergency. You know, everybody knows that as you call 911 in an ambulance or a fire truck or police, or whatever show up. And then there's private ambulance, which is a pay for service ambulance and it's they don't run night well they can run 911 calls depending on how their contracts are set up but when they're doing the private ambulance part it is for uh transports that have to be done that ambulances aren't 911 ambulances aren't going to do for instance if you're at a hospital and you need to go to you're at hospital a and you need to go to hospital b because it's a higher level of care or it needs you know some reason like that right now 911 i have done like in my career like a couple of those calls where 911 had to be called because maybe the private ambulances were busy and they just said, you know, it happens very rarely, but that happens. But most of the time, that's going to be the private ambulance companies that are going to come and, and do those trips uh, to the other facilities. Right. Or they're going to, like, people don't understand too. When you go to 911, uh, you call 911, you go to the hospital. Yeah, we don't give you a ride back. We don't come pick you up and take you home later. So if you have something where you, like, broke your leg and you're in one of those, like, big leg casts or something like that and you can't obviously you might not be able to fit in a vehicle depending on what kind of vehicle you have or something like that. You might have to go home by ambulance. Well, that's going to be a private ambulance and they are going to charge you for that service. Some of it may be covered by insurance and some of it may, may not. Did you want to quote anything on that or say anything about that? Yeah, I think um, when it comes to the billing, I think it's a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean to say a lot of people because a lot of people do understand how it comes down to what is your insurance company deem acceptable? You know, what, what are they going to pay for? What are they not going to pay for? Right. And if it comes down to a situation where you want to leave a certain hospital because you want to go to one of your preference because you don't like the way, say, hospital A is, you know, conducting certain uh, procedures or whatnot, so you want to go to one you feel more comfortable with, um, a lot of these insurance companies are going to be like, well, you're already at a facility that has the proper capabilities to do what you need. So how can we justify paying for a private transport from a private ambulance service to hospital B, which is, uh, you know, 50 miles away if you don't need it. 
and a lot of them won't, and you will acquire a bill if they seem that it, if they deem that it's not necessary. Because a lot of times it might not be because it might be your personal preference. Right. You're gonna you're gonna end up paying for that out of pocket because you know it's it's the insurance companies are gonna see that it's something that's unnecessary. Well, it, it's funny because it, I, we've talked about that uh, that old Master I think it was Mastercard commercial. Funny sure it was Mastercard back in the day where they had the guy and he's. Uh, I, I haven't been able to find it online re- recently, but they had a guy, he was in the ER, he was in a trauma room, like he was, a, it was a real call of something. And then he was, they were getting ready to do some sort of a treatment on him. I, I don't know if it was CPR or they were ready to shock him or something like that. And they took his, they took his uh, MasterCard and they had like one of the card reader things on the wall, you know, which obviously isn't true, but they had it marked on the wall and they slid his card and then it said approved. And then the guy was right. like, clear, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like you had to get payment. And that's kind of, I mean, that's obviously a joke, but, um, but in private service, I know we used to take people from like Northern Virginia area that might want to go to Jersey or something. Right. And to a rehab facility right. in Jersey. Well, there's, if I'm taking you from Northern Virginia to New Jersey, which is roughly a six hour ride, I think, or something like that, if I remember, um, or four to six hour ride, depending where you're going, uh, that, that you're, you're passing hundreds of facilities that can do the job. Um, in that time, you know, in that range. So they're not going to cover that. So for us, I know where we worked, you would have to like, you know, it, it was a, a flat fee for the, for the ambulance itself to just be there. And then it was a mileage basis, right? It was so much a dollar right. mile or I don't remember what it was, but let's say it was a dollar a mile. So you're paying thousand dollars plus a dollar a mile or whatever. And then you right. obviously, you know, that all the terms are up front. Everybody knows what's going on. And then you have to like, for us, when we went, which was totally different than nine one. So when we went, we see the patient, we go and we introduce ourselves. Then we go over it with them. Like, Hey, this is going to cost you. Uh, we're estimating, you know, well, basically, you know, you use MapQuest or something, you know, how many miles it's going to be. It's going to be 2,500 bucks to take, to take you to here. Are you okay with that? I know they right. went over, but we have to have you okay with it. Yeah, I am. Okay. Sign here. Okay. And, and then you could tell the, you could tell the boss and they could either run your credit card right then. We wouldn't run it. We didn't have anything to do that on the truck, but they could call them and run it right then, or they would just run it later because they have your signature. But that, that's how it was. Like, and if you said, no, I'm not willing to pay that or that nah, seems a little expensive. We're like, all right, so you, you know what I mean? Like, which is totally weird and different than 911 EMS where everybody gets to go to the hospital just because you called 911, which in a way well, was cool the- too, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Right. It also depends on, I think, the situation. Like, for instance, if, uh, I don't know, say you're visiting, like, wherever you're visiting, like, where, say you're visiting one of your relatives and something happens. Like, say you, you have a heart attack and, you know, you're at the hospital there, but you need to get back to where your home is, um, you know, where your main residence is. A lot of that, most likely, is going to be covered if you have to be transported, like, as far as like with advanced life support, you know, for, you know, an intensive care transport, uh, sure. that's, but it, it also, it all depends on one, who's doing it. And two, what, what your insurance company sees as acceptable. Right. And we knew and that's, that's like, what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, when I did that, when I worked there, I also did like dispatch work where you're taking the calls and stuff and, and you knew like, you know, certain things that could be covered right? and you would go through their insurance to try to, before you do this, before you do the transport. Cause these are, these right. are not transports normally where they call and you have to be there an hour and take them somewhere. If it's that right. kind of transport, it's probably covered and, or they're probably just going to fly them. You know, if, right. it's, if it's something that urgent, these are something that like, they'll give you like two days right. notice. Like, Hey, on Friday, we need a unit to take this person to Pittsburgh or something, you know? Um, but yeah, you could check with that kind of stuff and, and check with their insurance and see if they cover it. Some, like you said, some might cover partial, 
Um, so right. it might cover none, but either way, they're just letting you know, this is the, this is what you're on the hook for. If you, uh, you know, this is what it is. This is the cost, you know? So it's just different. Well, so, so that, yeah. So that I was just going to say those people in the gym story, don't get me wrong. I, I totally think it sucks that you're at a hospital and you had to go somewhere for whatever the reason you thought you had to go there, or, or maybe the doctors thought you had to go there and it wasn't picked up by your insurance or whatever. Right. That sucks. Don't get me wrong. That sucks. Like getting a $3,800 bill when you're not expecting it sucks. Okay. But just know that it's not, it's not because the ambulance people necessarily are trying to like clean house. Cause all, all that private ambulance rate stuff is set by Medicare and Medicaid and stuff like that. So, right. You know, they're not just doing it to, you know, make profits. And if you, th- if you ever think an ambulance ride is expensive, go take a ride on a helicopter, a medical, you know, evac helicopter, go take a ride on those. those are like Especially 10, a long 10, distance. Yeah. Those are like 10 to 20 grand. Uh, and you're just going to the closest facility. You know, right. because the, the amount of time they have to pay the pilot, they have to pay for the fuel. They got to, yeah. So those are really expensive. The liability. Yeah. The liability, the aircraft itself, the helicopter, you know, and they also, a lot of people don't know too. They also have air ambulances, um, which is what exactly what it sounds like. It's a little mini type of like basically a smaller compressed ambulance inside of an airplane, you know, like a little, right. little teeny airplane thing. Not, not a 747, although I'm sure they have those too for like really rich people. But, um, you know, that's what, that's what it is. So you're paying for that kind of service, you know? Well, I remember, uh, you know, cause a lot of people in our line of work will, uh, work private ambulance on the side. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I remember there was a particular company that you and I worked for a long time ago. I'm not going to name any names. Um, but, uh, it's good especially about barbecue. Gonna... Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a, uh, it was a long distance, uh, transport from from uh, right outside from the DC suburbs to uh, Brooklyn, New York. You know, which is about a three and a half, four hour drive. You know, depending on what route you take. Um, but this was like it was going from a you know a major DC suburbs medical center to uh, to a Brooklyn, New York uh, nursing facility, and it was a uh, a gentleman who was on a trake. He had a trach and, you know, he, it was a special needs transport and it was a, but it was going to where he lived. It was going to where his, his permanent residence was. And, um, it was something that I don't, I can't remember if the guy was Medicare or not, but, the, or, but it was something that his personal insurance was going to basically fit the whole bill because it was, it was considered a, a necessary transport. You know, because he was leaving one to go back closer to where he he lives, so that 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 was covered. Yeah, but, and that's one of those instances where yeah. But if it's a, if it's if it's a preference, because like like I said before, if it's a situation where it's a preference because you just don't like the particular hospital you're in, and you want to switch, and you want and you have to be transported by ambulance. I mean, your insurance company is, is going to see that as it's not justified. So they're not going to pay for it. Well, and we had times in my area because we had multiple hospitals. Same thing with Medicare. Yeah. Medicare is not going to pay for something like that. Well, we had times like, like a 911 where people, like we talked about this on the other episode, uh, um, that hospital has better jello where people right. want to go to, you know, you're going to take them to the closest facility, but people want to take you. Uh, sorry about that. But people want to um, go to their specific hospital. Well, we don't do that. We take them to the closest facility. And then, yeah, you might have to suck up the ride just to go, you, the fare just to go to the other hospital, but that's just how it is. You know what I mean? 
But um, that's it for our EMS topic of the week. So let's get into, uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. So the other day you were gone. I, I told you about this right before the show, but otherwise you didn't know this. What are you laughing at? Dude? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing at just the whole thing of it. Um, so I looked and we, uh, we had a, uh, we had a five-star review, like, you know, like oh, oh, average, a five-star review right. on, our, on our podcast here. And the other day I looked, I saw it was like four, two or something or four, four, I don't know, something like that. And I was right. like, oh, that's weird. So obviously something changed. And I looked and we got a one-star review. <laughs> and, and I'm laughing at it because I was just like, well, I don't, look, I don't care what you want to review us as. If you want to give, obviously we want five stars for obvious reasons. But, uh, but if you feel the need to give us a one-star, like rock out, you know, <laughs> rock out with your cock out. But, but, it's like, but it's like, the whole, our whole show premise is about open communication. And if you don't agree with us, that's totally cool. We respect that. Um, everything we say is our opinions. And if you have a difference of opinion, that's awesome. And if you want to, um, talk about it or, or email us or text, whatever you want to do, like message us, I mean, like on Facebook or something, that's awesome. Like you can do that. That's the premise of our whole show is to open lines of communication and, you know, educate people on stuff that we know about EMS and stuff like that. So it was just funny. The keyboard, the keyboard gangsterism of someone just putting a one star and just rolling out. No, there was no comment with it or anything. It wasn't like, you suck or whatever, you know, like, hey man, we, 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 we respect all reviews. And, uh, I think, I think a, a big thing too is, um, maybe people can get misunderstood or confused that, that we're just a constant, you know, informative instructional EMS paramedicine podcast. Like there's some out there that are very good, that, but that's just not what we are. I mean, we will, touch on a lot of aspects of this line of work and, you know, certain key points and um, topics. But like we say in the intro, that's, that's, we're, that's not the only thing we're talking about. We're talking about everything, but we're just giving it from a paramedic's point of view, unscripted. Right. Um, and um, is it an instructional show? I wouldn't say so. Will we do, do we, do we, you know, go deep on some topics. Yeah. Because people still want to hear that stuff and they, they still want to be informed when it comes to certain things, but that's not the, that's not the only thing we're talking about. Right. And, and, it, um, and podcasting is one of those things. It's like, it kind of goes to like back to like Howard Stern days on X on, you know, Sirius XM or became Sirius XM radio is like, right. Yeah. If you don't like it, just fucking turn it off. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I don't understand people we, who give we, like one star reviews on anything. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you're not someone that likes like foul language, well, it's, we I have to check a box when I upload these things to these to you know RSS feed and stuff like that. Like I'm putting that in as explicit lyrics. That's a box I have to. I don't have to check it, but I check it because we're cussing. You know what I mean? And if that's not something you're into, then then there's plenty of clean podcasts out there that you won't have to deal with that on. But, like, but Jason, but if you Jason. work in a, if you ever work in a fire department and you're one of those sensitive people about like cuss words and just you're shenanigans in general, you're not going to last there. Cause I mean, it's, I mean, some frat, some firehouses are like frat parties, you know what I mean? So, and I'm not saying they're all like that, but it, you know, you have to be able to be relaxed and, and as medics and stuff like that, it's not that we're like necessarily assholes about everything, but we have to have a, a cynical view on things sometimes, you know, like we have to, to protect our own psyches and stuff. You know, when you go around, and no offense, like, no offense. If you're one of those people that has thin skin and that is easily offended and you go into that line of work and you think that you're going to, your, your main line of survival is, well, I'm just going to file complaints. I'm just going to file, whether it's EEO complaints, whether it's, 
you know, any HR type of complaints, or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. HR complaints, like violence in the workplace, hostile work environment, you're going to get, you're going to get eased out. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to be upfront about that right now because whether you're sensitive or not, I can respect that. Okay. But if you think, and I've dealt with this before, you think you're going to go into that line of work and, and your, your main line of survival is going to be like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write up complaints because I'm offended. It's like, go ahead, but you're going to be, you're going to be ostracized real quick and you're going to be forced out somehow. Well, and the other thing people have to they're understand. Gonna, they're going to, hold on, they're, they're going to find a way and they're going to ease you out. Yeah. Some departments might, might get scared and, and, uh, you know, whether it's fire and EMS, whether it's police, they might get scared and like, because they're so, for lack of a better way of putting it, woke. But, um, and they're hypersensitive and, uh, but if you are sensitive to, you know, whether it's foul language, whether it's certain, the way certain people talk and granted that, that being said, there are certain instances where it's certain things that you can't say certain things at certain times. Okay. I'm strictly talking about things that are talked about in the confines of the station when you're just amongst your people. Yeah, just uh, the, banter, know, the shift banter stuff, yeah. Yeah, amongst the brethren that you work with. And um, if you aren't able to have thick skin to a certain extent and you're easily offended, you're not going to survive long. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking, we're not about talking about right illegal now. stuff. We're not talking about illegal right. stuff where they're like doing sorts we're of talking about. We're talking about shit talk banter yeah busting balls or whatever that kind of stuff yeah because you have to remember it's this is different like ems no matter where you work ems is totally different than a like working at a bank or something like that where you work nine to five right you're you're a lot of places have 24 hour shifts or you have 12 hour shifts um so even then even at a 12 hour shift you're you end up being with these people like your partner especially you have like one partner and you're partnered with them for a long time you're with that person more than you are your husband, your wife, your your kids, whatever, you know what I mean? So there's going to be some banter back and forth and you're not dressed in a suit every day when you go to work. You're you're wearing, you know, casual pants and like a like a job shirt which is basically a sweatshirt with like jean um, elbows for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love whoa. job shirts. No, I love job shirts. Don't get me wrong. Hold on a second. You've been out for a while, man. Oh, they don't have the jean stuff. Those are that that's kind of a collector's item now. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, no, but that's what, that, honestly, and to be fair, and, and I'm going to say it here because this is my opinion, that's one of the reasons I love DMS because I hate, I hate putting on a suit. I hate, you know, I hate dressing up because I think it just makes you look like a pompous ass. So, like, that's not, that's not me. That's just not my style. If you're and you that, don't like working Monday through Friday. Right, and I don't, yeah, I definitely don't want to work, like, yeah, and, and these boring jobs and stuff like that. Now they have their ups and downs, too. You know, boring job. No matter what, no matter what your day brings at four o'clock, it's four o'clock. I'm out the fucking door. You're like, well, you didn't finish right. your thing. I'm like, good. I'll finish it tomorrow. See you. You know what I mean? Like that. That's how it works in those kind of jobs. But in EMS, obviously, you leave at a certain time. But but in EMS, every day is different. It's basically sort of casual wear. I mean, the stuff we wear isn't like super ridiculous. It's very. I think it's very comfortable. You know what I mean? So it's a different t- t- line of work there. For instance, I'll, I'll put this out there. I've been through, for lack of a better way of putting it, and I'm not trying to sound racial whatsoever. I'm just merely speaking the truth here. Um, 
one time about 18 years ago, uh, my department went through a Jesse Smollett scenario, almost to the T, where it was, it was a fabricated race hate crime that was created by the supposed victims. And it was so extreme that it went up to the FBI level. And, um, but then was, and it was like, it was a literally a three year investigation before this person was proven that they were full of shit. And so when it comes to stuff like that, I'm not going to lie. I'm very sensitive to that. And I can smell that shit from a mile away. And I don't think it can be, it can be, you know, racial, it can be, uh, you know, some sort of gender situation. Yeah, I don't sexual care. I don't, nature, you know, like, like, like I, your, your yeah, right. preference stuff. Right. I am not, like I said, in, uh, I mean, in, in today's times, I can be looked at as racist by making the statement I'm about ready to say. I was raised to see no color. And just by me saying that now, people, some people are like, well, that's wrong too. It's like, I don't care if that's wrong. That's just the way I was raised. I was raised to see everybody as a person and to judge them on their character. You know, as Martin Luther King said, the content of their character, not the color of their skin or their gender. I don't care. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I don't care. And, but when I see people use those types of situations to get a one up or to get what they want or to get a promotion, that is sickening to me. And I've seen it happen. It's happened twice in my career and um, department wide. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's sad to see. I, I, it, I don't understand how people like that sleep at night. I don't understand how they look at themselves in the mirror. I just, I don't, how they can create a scenario that's completely fabricated by themselves and false. And they, they think that they're going to get a one up and they're going to get what they want within the department. And it, 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 it just, it's, it's horrible. And I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but that's, uh, you know, what, getting back to, we were talking about banter. Um, uh, if you can't, if you, if you can't, a lot of this job is because of what you're dealing with, like we've talked about in the past. A lot of what this job is because of the horrible things you have access to seeing without a choice. Um, you know, you do things like banter back and forth or, or, or tell jokes or, or screw with each other to keep it light, you know, because there's going to be plenty of times where it's going to be dark and it's going to be pitch fucking black. Yeah. And if you don't have those types of, you know, that type of banter and that type of, you know, playfulness to fall back on, you're just, you're going to just keep digging yourself into a hole. And if you don't have thick enough skin to understand that or try to understand that, you're not going to survive. Well, you're, yeah, you're going to burn out you're gonna and wind you're up, psychological issues. Yeah. If you don't wash out of the department, you're going to wind up in some, you know, behind some desk somewhere you know, fiddling paperwork, you know, at headquarters. Oh yeah. And, and, um, most people that get in that line of work, they don't want that type of fucking job. Yeah. I had, I had to do that in my department when I hurt my back and I had to go, they called it medical leave would would not, uh, you were basically placed on medical so you could work in the office 
like obviously depending on your injury with my injury, I was able to work at the office. So you have, you, right. get, you have to work at the office. You become like an office bitch for like, you know, 40 hours a week. It's horrible. You're just like going over like filing shit and doing all this stuff. We were like, this is, this is exactly why I got into this field versus being an office person. You know what I mean? Cause I don't want to do this garbage. You know, and it brings things into perspective real quick. It's like I gotta get the fuck out of here as soon as I can. I yeah, can. yeah, yeah. Because you're like, well, when, I, when I'm back on the when I'm back on the medic unit, you know, I don't know. Let's say you run eight calls a day, right, on a medic unit in a 24 hour shift. Well, the you know all the rest of that time, other than maybe you have some training and stuff in there, but realistically, you probably have you know 12 hours off. If you, now it might not be all consecutive, but you might have like 12 hours off where you get to sleep or do whatever the fuck you want to do. And when you're in the office, right. it's just like, hey, can you staple these forms? And you're like, oh god shoot me you know what i mean <laughs> not that we don't respect people that do that no but, but no i'm not disrespecting job, anybody you know? that does those jobs it's just those people right. that chose those jobs because we had some admin people that were like phenomenal you know at their jobs they chose that Life because savers. that's that yeah because that's what they want to do they're very good at organization right. and i'm not saying i'm not good at organization but they that's they get into that kind of stuff and they really enjoy that um they and they maybe they didn't want to be a medic and they don't want to work the twenty fours. They like working the nine to five or eight to five or whatever it is, you know. Um, and that, that's fine. That's cool too. Um, but yeah, the big thing I wanted to make with this was that one star review is, and we're kind of going to our next session session with this was the the kind of the keyboard gangster there a little bit of like just hitting the one button and running like a little wuss. I love those gangsters. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of keyboard gangsters, I want to hear what you have to say, and then I got some opinions on. Uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter for $44 billion. Thoughts, go. Well, first I'd like to say, God bless the man. <laughs> no, in seriousness, uh, he is that type of guy where, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he's one of the richest men in the world. Uh, but he is, in my opinion, he is the, <laughs> he did this for, anti-bullying purposes because he sees the writing on the wall he's like you can't you can't prevent even and I, this is the excuse everybody uses like well twitter and facebook are private companies so you know they have the right to you know censor what they want i understand that that's that's correct but when you have platforms such as twitter and facebook but twitter or use twitter since that's the topic right now Twitter to where is one of the major forums and platforms and, and town circles where people are able to converse. One of the biggest in the world, you know, when you, when you try to censor that for your own narrative purposes to control the narrative, you know, like for instance, I don't care if you like Donald Trump or not. I, you know, I don't care. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like him or not. He still has the right to say what he's going to say. But when you're going to cancel Donald Trump, a sitting president at the time he was canceled, because because someone's offended by his tweet, yet you're still going to allow you're still going to allow higher echelon dipshits of the Taliban to recruit you know new terrorists, and they're still allowed to stay on. There's a fucking problem. Yeah, I agree. And um, and um, for Elon Musk to recognize, look, this. The way to secure democracy is you can't censor people and take away their free speech. That is the essence and the root of democracy is free speech to where you can say what you want. You can say what you want, whether people like it or not, you know, and you're not hurting anybody, except for the sensitive bitches out there. Um, 
<laughs> uh, you know, I don't, you can't censor people, whether you like what they say or not. And, and that is, that is, that's how this country was founded. We, 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 we left, you know, Great Britain, we left the kingdom to get, escape that oppression and to escape taxes. And now it's like, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like, did, did we lose? Why, why we left Europe to colonize over here? And he sees that as a, one, he's not going to, like, you know, he sees that the, the uh, you know, the, the big wigs of, of Twitter, it's like, it's a, it's a form of bullying. And he's like, you know what? At first, he's like, you know well, what? Well, it's wussy it. bullying, too, because you're right. not, like, if you get canceled from, uh, like, Twitter, for instance, you don't get to, like, call Twitter. There's not, like, a 1-800-Twitter line that you get to call and, like, argue with the person that canceled. They're, they're, you know what I mean? It's all hiding behind doors and stuff. It's all the, the fucking nerd dork stuff. It, it, it drives me nuts, man. Like, you know. Well, it's funny. It's funny because he, you know, Elon Musk, he's pretty apolitical as far as the way. He doesn't even talk about it, but he, he cares about freedom. He cares about freedoms. You know, and he doesn't care what side of the bench you're on. You still have the rights. And that's what people who disagree with this. Because I think it was great. He, he's just like, you know what? He's like, fuck this. He's like, I'm tired of the shit. He's like, I'm going to buy. And he, he bought the controlling, like, what, 10% share, the 10% controlling shares of Twitter. And then he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy the whole company. And he offered to buy the whole company for, like, $54 a share, which then ended up being, like, what, $45 billion? Well, that's because um, after he tried to buy those, that 10% or whatever, other big companies were coming in trying to right. make sure he didn't have the majority. Right. There was a lot of behind the scenes stuff there. Yeah. I mean, my thing is that I've heard that now I don't know. I like Elon Musk personally. I, I don't know him, obviously, but. But why are people afraid of this? It seems like the people well, that are that, that are talking. Hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just got to get this out. The people that are afraid of this, who are speaking up this, some of these. Some of these fucking dipshits on CNN or MSNBC, not to single them out because there's some people on Fox. You know, it's, it's like. Okay. You're getting pissed at a guy for doing this who's just trying to secure your freedoms, and you think he's sticking you in the ass. It's like how how ass backwards is that? It's like you have Twitter, who's you can definitely tell the people that are pissed off are they're the problem. Scared that 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 their narrative, the narrative they support, is going to be destroyed. Yeah, because all their like, all those all those media companies, including Twitter, previously at least, we don't know what the future is going to bring for sure. But all these companies, they just push whatever narrative they're trying to do. If they're trying to push the the retarded, like, liberal thing, then that's what they're going to push. So if you're going to, like, they don't want to know that you're going to be able to say your opinion. Not not that you're saying theirs is bad. You're just saying, hey, here's my opinion. Here's what I think. They don't want that. They don't want people thinking about going the other way. And that and that's stupid. It's so dumb, you know? Well, he, I think he all he's trying to do, I mean, granted, you know, he basically has said, I mean, granted, the proof is in the pudding and, and the future will give us the answer. To this. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, we, uh, we don't know but uh, he's, he's, he doesn't care about, he's, I don't, he's, I don't care about the economic value right now. I care about, you know, securing the free speech aspect of it because that's being taken away little by little. And, and he was in a position, fuck it, I'm going to do something about this. And he did. And he's in that position where, you know, he's got, you know, the epitome of, fuck you money and um plus 
he's even said, he's like, look, I want it to balance out the scale to where I have 10% on the left saying, you know, screw you. I hate you for doing this. This is horrible. And then the 10% on the right saying the same thing. It's like, that's perfect. Cause he's like, he's like, look, I don't care what side of the political spectrum that you're on. It's like, you know, I welcome everybody because that's the way it should be. There's no one should be, should be censored for saying what they want to say or censored because it doesn't fit a particular narrative. Well, one of the things that's the problem with society right now is we've accepted that crap on a certain level. And, and, and then people always fall back to, well, it's a private company. Yeah. But when you have a private company, that's more of a utility than anything else, it's like, where do you draw the line? And, and, um, and it's a free company now, but, um, I heard, uh, there's sorry, man. I don't mean to, I don't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you again, but um, but there was a uh, there's another podcast I want to give a shout out for. It's, it's uh, um, the uh, <clears throat> Patrick Davis podcast, which is from Valuetainment, which is awesome. If anybody check it out, um, he does a lot of great interviews of all different types of people. Very open minded guy. Him and, his, and people that he works with, and he uh, they were talking about this the other day on his podcast i think it was uh day before several days ago and he basically he made a good prediction he's like uh he goes i would not be surprised if the next thing that elon musk did was buy cnn because cnn is cnn one cnn sucks because if you you talk about fake news i don't care what side of the venture on the, the amount of lies that they spew out is just off the charts i mean if i was a liberal i'd be pissed off but um you know they're the ratings are just in the toilet and they started, you know, like every other network, they, they start a streaming network, you know, like, and there's was CNN plus that they started like the other week that they actually had to cancel because they spent $300 million to start the streaming service the CNN plus. And they only got like I think it was like ten thousand per subscribers. Yeah, well, because their old rating system, the way they were getting all those ratings, they lost the contract with like the airports and stuff like that. Those rating systems, people don't understand this stuff, and that's a good topic too. But and I want to finish up with Elon before before we go too far. But yeah, but um, yeah, those rating systems, those they have contracts that like CNN is playing twenty four hours a day in like an airport, something like that that's open all the time, right? And those counters are rating. So, well, when they lost the right. contract. And they're not showing that stuff in the airports anymore. Well, of course. Yeah. And no one else, who the fuck listens to any of these dumbasses anymore on any, I don't care what network you're talking about. Who listens to all these people? Cause they're all disputing the same thing. It's all an echo chamber. So either if you are on that team, if you do believe everything they're saying, why do you need to hear it repeated 17,000 times? That's boring. Don't you have anything else to do with your life? And then if you're against it, then there's like barely any value there whatsoever. Other than maybe hearing their opinion like the first time of like what they're, you know, I'm A, you're B. Okay, cool. And then you kind of, but other than that, there's nothing there. And then, like you said, they tried to start a streaming service and, and because that's where a lot of places are going now, obviously. And, and they only had they to, have to, to survive. Yeah, they had to. And the, then they failed. With the internet, with the internet news network. Yeah, and they failed you know, because the no, no one cares. Because no one cares. Sources. Why, why would right. you want to listen to a, a, people are waking up. Why would you want to listen to a news source? And I don't care what news source you're talking about. It could be, you know, the right wing, the left wing, doesn't matter. Why would you want to listen to a news source that only speaks one-sided on anything? I mean, journalism in this country is fucking dead. It's been dead for a long time. 
because we, they, oh, it's, they, it's not they, even journalism anymore; it's activism. Right, right. It's activism and, and, and pay per click. I mean, that's all they care about: advertising money and stuff like that. Um, but the one thing I, before we get, I don't want to go down that tangent right now, but the only thing I wanted to say about Elon Musk that I'm excited about that I've heard, and I don't know if it's true and we'll obviously no one officially knows we'll know down the road, but I've heard that he is going to make all Twitter people like all the people that are on Twitter. You're going to have to verify who you are and it's going to be known who you are. Like it's good. You know, you're not gonna be able to have like at fuck stick or whatever is your name is going to be like at, you know, your name. And that's going to get rid of that that fucking keyboard gangster stuff where you have people that are like, you know, ah, fuck this person sucks. Ah, Trump sucks or whatever, you know, and then, and then, but they're not able to, they're too scared to actually put their name out there, which I think that'll be a big deal in society because you would not say, and I'm, I don't care what you're talking about, whether you're talking about Trump, a celebrity, a, a sports athlete, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't say 90% of the shit you would say like, okay, let's take a sports athlete, for instance, right? Someone in the NFL, some big fucking dude, chiseled dude in the NFL, right? NFL, right? You would not talk shit to that man if he was standing in front of you. No. Okay? And that's the difference. Yeah, but you would as a keyboard gangster. You'd be like, ah, oh, you suck. You need to catch the ball or whatever you're talking about, right? And right. You'd talk all that shit. Same thing with kids in college. Like, these kids mm-hmm. in college, they play for sports teams in college. Football, obviously, the biggest one. And um, or basketball even is pretty big. Basketball, yeah. Yeah, but they they talk about this stuff and they and they knock these kids down via Twitter, like, oh, you suck. You you should have caught that ball. You should have made that shot. Whatever. All these kids. And meanwhile, that let's pretend they're eighteen. That freshman who's eighteen years old or a sophomore who's eighteen years old would whoop the living dog shit out of you because they're like they're an athlete. You know, they're a real athlete. You know what I mean? And they're right. they're chiseled and all that other stuff. So I I'm, I will applaud him if he can do that. If he can make it to where Hey, did, uh, you know, like I said, like at fuckstick.com, whatever, like that person you realize was X, you know, you realize who that person was and now they have to be accountable for all the shit they said. Well, I think, and I think, That'll the proof be interesting is the, to me. I think the proof in the pudding is like, cause the way I look at it is like, why would anybody have a problem with what he's trying to do? Because all he's trying to do is level back the playing field. He's just trying to. Uh, the, the people that have a problem with it or are giving pushback are the people that are afraid that their precious narrative is going to be – it's not going to be protected anymore by this bullshit censorship. Well, Andrew and, and that's, what, that's what it comes down to. And Yeah. And um, I uh, – like, for instance, do you – I've been openly – you know, I've openly talked about how much I despise Hillary Clinton. Can't stand her. You know, I, I just – evil. But – I would never take away her freedom of speech because Agreed. that would that would make me just as ridiculous as her and all of her you know hangers on right and um I, I but plus I, I don't that's not the way my mind works I don't care if you disagree with me I don't care if you have a difference of opinion with me I don't care you know. I am never going to take away your right to say what you want to say just because you disagree with me. And that's what's being done on these sites. How else do you explain, you know, kicking off a seated president of the United States from Twitter because you're offended, yet terrorists, leaders of the Taliban have, or we'll use, we'll use a Vladimir Putin right now. Like, Everybody looks at even though I disagree with this. Everybody looks at Vladimir Putin right now as being, you know, 
Adolf Hitler. He still has a Twitter account. Why is that? If, if, if all these people think he's like the Antichrist, why does he still have a Twitter account but Donald Trump was kicked off? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's because they're trying to control a narrative. I agree. You know, and, and, it's, and anybody that gives pushback to having a level playing field of people, everybody, don't care if you're left, right, you know, liberal, conservative, Republican, you know, um, Democrat, libertarian, constitutional. I don't give a shit. You should still have the right to be heard. You should have a voice. And for that to be censored, that's as totalitarian as you get. That is the beginning. Because that is the root of what democracy is. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that sucks in all this is that, you know, Twitter ended up making out with $44 billion at the end, you know? Instead of like crashing and burning into nothing or whatever, <laughs> like going into Who bankruptcy cares? or something. But yeah, but I agree. Like I, I now, I, and, and to be fair, like we don't know what Elon's going to do either, you know, or whatever. But but as of now, like I'm I'm happy to see. And I don't I don't I'm not on Twitter. I mean I I have a Twitter account, but I don't do. I've anything. never had a Twitter account. Yeah, but like I'm, I don't care because I don't care about most. Like like I mean you know you go on Facebook during the whole pandemic thing. And obviously we, we all know that like we talked about our stances on mass, right? But you go on Facebook or something like that and there's tons of posts and people talking about mass and in a good way, right? And, right? and obviously I don't agree with that, right? And that's fine. Right. But I don't, I don't spend my time then like going like, you guys are idiots. Like, I, I just don't care. And you're just, not trying I, to censor them either. Yeah, I don't care. No, I, I listen to them. And, some, and like I've said before, let's use the mask thing as just an example. You're pro-mask, I'm anti-mask, okay? Or you're pro-vax, I'm anti-whatever, right? And I'm, I'm talking about the COVID-vax, not all of the vaccines. But, but, like, you're having all that. Well, when you talk it out, at first, first you're going to butt heads because you're going to be like, no, A, no, B, no, A, no, B. And then, but eventually you're going to hear, like, something that A's going to say, if I'm B, something that A's going to say. I'm like, oh, pretty cool. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think about it from that angle, you know? And, and then there's, and likewise, and reciprocally, there's going to be someone in A who's going to hear something. You're going to say, like, yeah, I have to agree that the, the, the restaurant thing makes absolutely no sense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or, or telling people to wear masks at a football stadium, an outdoor football stadium, even an indoor football stadium for that matter, but an outdoor football stadium especially. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were doing that in college football for a while, where it's like you had to like be – you're outdoors. <laughs> you know, like it's dumb, you know? Or, so I don't know. That's my whole well, thing. Well, I so, mean, just like for instance, and I'm not going to name any names here, but a good buddy of mine uh, – well, one of the things I posted on, because, uh, you know, I'll use, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to Facebook, I mean, a lot of times I go on Facebook, uh, you know, I kind of use it to kind of stir the pot a little bit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. I, uh, I, I'm not, not, I'm not. You got to stir the pot, otherwise stuff on the bottom burns. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not going to, I, I, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not overly offensive or anything. I just throw certain things out there just to kind of see what response I'll get. And it's amazing some of the responses I'll get. And I welcome that, uh, you know, like for instance, I posted the other day that I made a statement on my profile page saying, I know if Elon Musk could only make a, make a play for Facebook, like he did for Twitter. And, um, yeah, I saw that was awesome. I like that. Yeah, the, the, the response I got, and there was one of my friend of mine who I completely respect. He, he said, he goes, well, and he's not a Twitter, he's not a, he doesn't have a Twitter account either, but he's just like, well, it's like, you know, all that money spent on trying to acquire, acquire Twitter when he could have, you know, used a lot of that money to help the homeless. 
you know, oh, a respectable, a respectable response. But, you know, and also if you're going to make a response like that, you all, and my response to him was, okay, I totally agree. But why don't you kick things off with the next time you see a homeless person, take them into your home. Cool. Right. Why is it always someone else? You know, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, it, it's, it's an easy statement to make. I think that was a weak. When, yeah. That's a weak response. When, when it's like, it's, and then another buddy of mine, um, who I completely respect, um, said, well, you know, it came down to as much as Elon Musk's worth, you know, he, he could give everybody in the world like $33 and 50 cents, something like that. And that's and, about um, as dumb as the government giving us our little stipends. Right. Or yeah. if he, if he gave, if he gave the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, some of the homeless people that are hurting for food, like a certain amount of money. Yeah. He could give them a certain amount of that, that that's not sustainable right? for, you know, that that's only sustainable for a certain amount of time. You, you know, can't give not, them money. That's not, that's not either half of them are going to go use it to buy drugs right. and alcohol. Right. And, and um, you have to fix the like, problem. Why are they homeless? Like you right, have to get you get, deeper. Uh, there might be psychological exactly. issues. It could be a whole bunch of society factors. There could be a whole bunch of stuff in there. And it all comes down to, and he basically his whole thing is that's not how fixing, you know, hunger or, or homelessness works, you know, just by throwing money at it. It's like, you got to set up a system to help that problem. So it sustains it. And it's an ongoing thing. It's, it's the same thing. as it's just like the statement goes, it's like, uh, you know, what's going to benefit the person most just throwing fish at them or teaching them how to fish. And, you know, if, if, if you give them fish, they'll eat for a day. If you teach them how to fish, they'll never go hungry. Right. And it's the same concept. And, um, uh, but it's just, and I, like I said, my buddy that, that said that about the homeless, as far as like, it was all that money could have gone. I, I agree with them. But at the same time, it's like, um, it's easy to make a statement like that when you're not willing to like, cause that's the, that's the one thing. Like I had buddies of mine that lived in San Francisco before the whole uh, COVID situation happened. And it was, there was a whole, you know, how, uh, you know, San Francisco was like a sanctuary city when it came to uh, certain, you know, refugees or or uh, or, or uh, illegal immigrants or whatnot. And, um, you know, and some of these people that I knew that live in San Francisco were very open about it. It's like, okay, I, I get that. Hey, I respect what you're doing, but how many of these people have you taken into your own home? If you're that concerned about it and you you believe whole wholeheartedly in what you're saying. How many of these people have you taken into your home? Please tell me you've taken in at least one. Crickets. Yeah, cr- I was gonna say. You know, and, and and it's like it's like you know don't don't sit here and spout this bullshit if you're not willing to back it up. You know, it's like if you're gonna make a statement like that, you should be willing to do a certain aspect yourself. I mean, instead of just yeah, it's like. Well, put your money where your mouth is. You know, if, if you're going to make a statement like that about well, that money could have been used to help the homeless, yeah, I get that. But but that's, what have you done to support what you just? That's said? such an idiot statement from that guy. I didn't see that on there. Yeah. But that, that's such an idiot statement. No offense. To, I mean, I respect everybody's. Opinion. No, I mean, he, he, he's, I respect he's a opinions. great guy. Yeah, I respect his. I mean, I respect that he has an opinion, and it's obviously way different than mine. But yeah, that that that's like it's such a blanket statement. It's not. There's no specific. Like you're just gonna you're just gonna go to the homeless and drop like a million dollars in $20 bills, like via helicopter on them. Nothing's going to change. They'll fucking all be a lot of half of them will be high on fucking heroin, but like 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to change. It's not like after that, like, all of a sudden, you know, 100 people walk out and they go live a normal life and they, they buy a house or they rent a house and they get their life back together and they go work a great job. That's not, that's not, it's not going to happen. Like there's other things that have to be done. So is, does money help move things forward with stuff like that? Sure. Like, like do you need money to set up a program? And like, like you said, like actually set up like steps that they can go through and da da da. Like, yeah, that helps for sure. Absolutely. It would help. But is it going to just fix the problem magically? And is 44 billion even enough to do that? I have no idea. But that doesn't well, have anything to do with whether or not he wants to buy Twitter to save free speech. You know what I mean? Because I, because I'll tell you what, like I and I, you know, like because free speech is really important. Like we're getting to a point in our country where, as we if seen, we lose that, game yeah, over. We kind of already sort of are a little bit, like not totally, obviously. Like we're, there's obviously countries that are way way worse off than that. But where, yeah, where you can't, like, we have this podcast where we've said things on this podcast and, and, and we've talked about this and you've mentioned this before that, you know, if we had done this podcast 10 years ago, I don't even know if podcasts were around 10 years ago, but if we had done it 10 years ago, we would just say whatever the fuck we want to say and people would either like it or don't like it and who cares, right? But now you have to now worry about- Now the algorithms, like, you can't. Right. Am I going to say a key word that's going to piss off some nerd dork in California? Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you have to worry about. And, that, and that's stupid because, and that's why I like the fact that Elon Musk- now, I don't know if he'll do it again, but if he actually goes through and makes you be verified, like a, like a, like a check mark or whatever, verified that you're the person, you know, your name is whatever, and, and that's who you really are, that's fucking cool because that holds you accountable. Because I want to know, like, if you're going you're gonna to talk shit, I want to know who you are. You know what I mean? Like, like, well, that's, and yeah, I still respect if you want to talk shit. Yeah. If you want to talk shit, that's your business. I'm not saying that's bad necessarily depending on the situation, obviously respectfully done, but these like going after people and then just go hiding in the corner. That that that's that speaks for our whole generation. You know what I mean? Like when I grew up, right. when I grew up as a kid, especially as a, a guy, you know what I mean? Like you would grow up and you'd have arguments with people, guys, ar arguments with guys, and then maybe eventually you'd come to fisticuffs about it, and then you'd fucking you know resolve it after that. Like the, whoever wins the fight, you kind of just move on in life, right? But you respect right. the fact that like that person can hit back, you, you know. And I'm using that as an out, uh, metaphor. You know what I mean? But now when you just have like a Twitter thing where it's some ghost person, it might even be a bot for God's sakes, that's like saying some comment about whatever the thing is going on in your life. And then you can't even see who they are. You can't verify who they are. You go to their profile, you click on a profile, like let's say on Facebook or something, you go on their profile, they don't even have a picture. You know what I mean? Right. Like these, these fucking, which is most likely the bot people, but you, you see all this stuff and it's, it's, it's out of control, you know? And well, and that's, that's, it's funny you say, uh, about verifying because um, a platform that just came came to be, which is True Social, which was started by you know Trump's media company, which the the main reason for that coming about was one to do kind of what Elon Musk is doing is to basically to save free speech because I mean look Trump was shut off of. Um, you know, basically every media platform. And just because people disagreed with either what he said or how he delivered what he said and, or his mean tweet, you know, um, but, uh, so the only way around that was to, and he also saw the writing on the wall for when, when the Hunter laptop first surfaced right before the election in 2020. And, of course, now the people that said it was Russian disinformation acknowledge that it's true. <laughs> Go figure that. And um, but uh, 
when it first came out, for them to hide the information from getting out any further, what do they do? Every social platform denied it. It's even every news network except for one, Fox. Not that I'm saying I like Fox. You know, or um, Facebook pretended like it didn't exist. Twitter pretended like it didn't exist. The only platform at the time that, that, that was trying, two of them that were trying to get the news out there was first the New York Post, which is the oldest newspaper in the country, and the platform Parler. And what was the next thing that happened? Google, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, they all got together and basically got it to where Parler was ousted off the web or blackballed for a certain amount of time. And, um, and then the New York Post was shunned too, to where it was basically like those were the only two platforms that were talking about it. And what they were talking about was absolutely true, fact. And everybody was trying to cancel it out before now acknowledges it because there's no way they, they can't get out in front of it anymore because there's more stuff that's coming out every day. Right. But Trump saw that as like, well, damn, you know, if, if they can, if they have the power to do that and parlor, they could do that to the oldest newspaper in the world, the New York post and parlor can be basically almost temporarily booted off the web or locked up because of domains and all this other type of shit is like the only way to have a secure and free platform is he started, started his own. And um, that's what he did. And one of the things that he did, which is what you said, which you said, you hope Elon Musk does is if you, if you vet every person out, when I joined true social, you had to go on a waiting list because, and the reason being is because the process was to make sure it was really you and you weren't some bot. Okay. And um, that goes a long way. And also to make sure it was you, so you weren't going to try to like you know hack the system or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's it's uh it, it's the it's the first. And Trump also, I don't care if you like Trump or not. This was done for freedom of speech, and also he welcomes everybody. That his media company welcomes everybody. And um, you know if you. To me, that was like he saw that, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to own everything having to do with this platform. You know, not just rent space. We're going to have to own our own domain or have to do everything to where they can't just censor you. Right. And um, I think Elon Musk will do the same thing as far as, you know, yeah, you got to vet people to make sure it's really them. And plus, it's it's like welcome everybody. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. You still have the right to say what you want to say as long as you're not, you know, hurting anybody. When I say hurting people, I'm not talking about, you know, in, you know, insulting their sensibilities. I'm talking about, you know, physically hurting them or, you know, it, this, that's the way the world works. You know, people are going to say things you don't like, whether you're thick skinned or not, it's going to depend on how you take the information. Right. But well, we'll see. It, it's, We'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that'll I, I just, be the I, thing. Like, if Trump gets, uh, I, and I don't care if Trump gets back on Twitter personally, but but if he gets back on Twitter, that'll show that he's actually kind of. That's well, where he's. Whether going, you, you know, well, if he doesn't get back on Twitter, I mean, if he gets, if he tries to get back on Twitter himself and he's allowed, then yeah, Elon's doing what he's supposed to do right. because he's not censoring anybody. Because if 
say Elon didn't let him back on Twitter, then it's basically business as it was before. Right, so right. Then you just have a new changed. you have a new king just running the whole same bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and it, it, it's but uh, like I said, I don't care if you like Trump or not. Like I said before, I I would not. What happened to Trump? I would not. I despise Hillary Clinton. I wouldn't want that happening to Hillary Clinton because even though I think she's the spawn of Satan, she still has the right to say what she wants to say. Period. I agree with that. And 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 that's the way it should be. Anybody that tries to censor anybody, they have a difference of belief is wrong. Because that it, you know when you talk about America and America, you know being an American, the foundation of our constitution and democracy itself starts off with you know the First Amendment, you know, and freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and if that if that goes away, like I said, game over. And the, the scary thing is, it's you can see it happening in real time in increments, little by little, and it's like the frog in the pot. Like if you instantly throw the frog in a boiling pot, he's going to try to jump out and feel it. But if you throw the pot, the frog in a pot and you just incrementally turn the heat up, he won't notice and he'll die once it gets too hot. Because you're working him into it. You're you know you're conditioning him into it to where he's not going to even notice until it's too late. And that's what's happening. And it's 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 sad. I never thought in a million years we'd be basically living in the book 1984. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I think, on, yeah, I think on that note, um, I think we've kind of gone over that, and uh, you know, we'll we'll wait and see what happens because um, that that's only time's really going to tell on that. Um, did you have anything else you want to hit? Because we've been going pretty long on this one, and you just want to wrap it up for the readers here or the listeners, I should say, not the readers. Yeah, um, as far as the. Uh, you know, if if you have anything to say, or like for instance, or uh, like Jason was talking about the guy that they gave us one star. Hey, I, I respect that. That's cool. Um, just you know, give us a little bit more input. You know, tell us tell us what you think. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, what you want to hear more of. If you want to come on here and tell your own experiences, like I've said before. Yeah, no. you know, reach out to us. Reach out to us at uh, you know paramedicsunscripted at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe to our show. Tell your friends about it, and uh, and also we want to give a shout out to uh, let me get his name right here. Devin Adkins uh, gave us a little little props, um, and uh, he liked. Thanks, the show. Devin. Yeah, thanks, Devin, and um, we appreciate you. And uh, thanks appreciate for listening, it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So it's good to see people are like vibing with us a little bit and kind of getting in liking it and stuff like that. I'm sure you don't like everything we say, but. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I wouldn't. Want, I wouldn't want. Yeah, we don't want everything. I don't. Thing. Yeah, Paramex is scripted. Is not. I don't a, want to live in an echo chamber. Yeah, we're not an echo know? chamber. I don't agree with Bobby on everything he says. He doesn't agree with me on everything he says. So it's not about being an echo chamber. It's about like I mean, talking. I think Jason's and an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> but anyway, man. Um. So without any further ado, then season Wait, hold two. On, hold on, oh, Wait, hold on, hold on. Pause. Do you think? Do you think people get offended by that banter we just had going back and forth? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be over. Yeah, as long as we put our names on it, no one cares. All right, so (laughs) so let's get out here. Season two, episode eight is in the books, and we will see you next week on Paramedics Unscripted.